have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the urbane Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> urbane? Mm-hmm. What, uh, where, where are we getting this from, Brian? Uh, urbane means sophisticated. Is it my glasses? Smooth? Wow. Considerate. I thought you were calling me Keith Urban. No. Keith, Keith Urban. Yeah. No? Okay. Not the Batman character. Urbane. <laughs> um... No, it's just an adjective to describe you. Well, thank you, Brian. You're welcome, Glenn. I don't necessarily feel smooth right now. It was... a little spooked from your coyote uh, yeah. outbreak a couple minutes ago in your backyard. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, okay. Nothing. I've had very few run-ins with them. Business as usual? You know, only a couple times. <laughs> huh. Um, they probably can't get inside. Mm, yeah. Opposable thumbs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out, though. We'll find out. Well, it could be a short segment tonight. Could be. Could be. Um, speaking of short segments, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com, and <laughs> Gentleman.com is full of short excursions to go on, mm. short uh, trips, short uh, things that make you go, hmm, mm-hmm. things that make you learn something, mm-hmm. things that challenge you. It's waterless for the mind. It's true. It's very true. Uh, and so you should go off and check it. You should check out at gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a fun little site. You should check it out. It won't take too much of your time, or maybe it will. It'll, it'll take what you put into it. It's all about giving and not receiving. <laughs> <laughs> Better to give than forget <laughs> right. or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, Glenn, uh, once you go check out gentleman.com, uh, you're going to want to do a little bit more. You're going to take a little deep dive into more of the gentleman world, which you can do by listening to 136 previous episodes of the gentleman podcast in succession, rapid succession, rapid fire. I would suggest two at once, mm-hmm. one ear. You have two, two ears, the crossfire approach. Just go one and one. Yeah. One and one. Mono, mono. Um, and see what happens, you know? I'm guessing that when you do that, and you do that for 136 episodes, cuts it right in half. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your time, it's it's of the essence. I say, you know, multitask. I, I don't, I don't know if I would take on that task, Brian. That that'd be, that uh, that's a great way to go crazy. I would accept that challenge. <laughs> uh, as far as you know. Um, Anyway, Glenn, and once you uh, once you check out pod- podcast.gentleman.com, where you can listen to all these episodes, you can find some previous beers we rated, you can do some other stuff. I'm not going to go into all of it. Um, podcast.gentleman.com is a wonderland, <laughs> as they say. Um, once you do that, you're probably going to get in touch with me and Glenn, mm-hmm. which, by all means, you should. And mm-hmm. uh, to do that, we have a special thing set up for you, which is called a post office box. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's these things at the post office, which is a building that accepts letters, mm-hmm. and you send a letter to the P.O. box, and then eventually we get it somehow. I don't know. We don't. We have people that do that for us. I don't know mm-hmm. how that actually works, but apparently it does. So uh, you can you can get in touch with us. You can send a letter to the P.O. box, four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four. We will get your letter. We will take it. We will read it. We will put it on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is the hall of fame. We'll talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will pace back and forth. <laughs> we'll do anything it takes. Anything it takes to uh, to respect the nature of your letter. And then in turn, uh, we're going to probably have to send you something back. And we're prepared for that. We're prepared for it. I can promise you that. Uh, so anyway, Glenn, failing that, if you can't get in touch with us with a P.O. box, maybe you uh, ran out of paper. Mm-hmm. You know, I often run out of paper in my, uh, my printer. Mm-hmm. My uh, parchment paper. Parchment? My ink quill quill runs out. And Mm -hmm. mid-letter. If that does happen, don't worry. we got you covered with that, too. You can send an email to howdy at gentleman.com, or you can go to one of the various social networks, not Facebook, and uh, get in touch with us. Not Facebook. Yeah. 
Um, yes. Don't don't go there. Well, we just don't want uh, the privacy of your letter. Right. Uh, you know, we we want to make sure that that stays private. They're gonna scan it for letter recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't. And then they'll serve you ads based on the letter that you sent to us. <laughs> That's um, a great idea for the post office, actually. They could uh, they could read our letters. Yes. And put then, them in a database. Yeah, put them back into the into the envelope. Okay, mm-hmm. and then they would put like inserts into our mailboxes for the based on advertisements. Yeah, so I get a lot of cigars in the mail. Right. Actually, you know what? I still I, this happens to me already. I think they already do it. I get cigar magazines mm. that I never signed up for. Yeah, it must be the post office. Oh, those well, sly foxes. That's good. That's good. They they need all the help they can get. Right. They do. Everybody's um, going to this digital mail. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't think it's going to take that. off. Yeah. I don't think it's going to take off. I really sounds don't. like a fad. That's okay. That's okay. That, it's good for the uh, you know the the post office can use all the help they can get. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Okay, so that's it. You get in touch with this. Uh, so please do so. And uh, that means we got that taken care of. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for the media episode, which is the drink of the week. The drink week. of the week, Brian. We have heard a lot about a little beer company. A little startup called Budweiser. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple uh, commercials on this thing called television. It's only been around for a couple hundred years. Right. Um, and apparently they have a special aging process, Beechwood mm-hmm. aged. Where I believe they pour the beer into a tree. They, they pour it in a tree and then they tap the tree like you would maple syrup. And, right. And then yeah. mug under there. and. I think it's more like mulching. I think they take mulch and they just run the beer through some mulch. and then, Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. either that's way, why it tastes kind of chewy when you drink yeah, it. Yeah, it's a chewy mouthfeel. Okay, uh, yeah. So, but anyway, I've, I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about, um, well, well, our good buddy Tony O, Tony mm-hmm. O, posted yes. a tack about Budweiser uh, releasing a beer called the Freedom Reserve, which is based not so directly off of George Washington's original uh, homebrew. Right. And... Legend has it that didn't that make his teeth fall out? Well, I think that was the STDs. Oh, okay. Um, maybe I'm not mm-hmm. sure, okay. but he definitely had wooden teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's where the be- beechwood came from. It's like filtering, filtering through his teeth. You never know. <laughs> Just swish it around a little bit in there, and then swallow. Okay. Uh, okay. So anyway, George Washington, uh, according to lore had a diary that he kept while in the um, army mm-hmm. and you know on one of his journal entries he was like oh yeah oh here's my uh, here's my homebrew recipe and it goes with great detail into how to make the Budweiser Freedom Reserve okay kind of mm-hmm. now we're 200 and some odd years later and we don't have the same ingredients that George had and we have you know technology so they times have, have changed times have changed so we'll see how much the beer has changed from George's original recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this: they are <clears throat> they they're charging a lot of money for this. Mm. It's eight fifty for a six pack. Uh, that's that's right in the median of the beers that we, we we typically review. But I will say this, Brian: Budweiser exactly you know the, the rest of their beers it doesn't fall in line with their price point. I don't think right. Because the Budweiser proper is like five ninety nine a six pack, I believe. Yeah. Um, so you know, going a little higher price on this one, maybe it's maybe the taste is worth it. I know that they, I think, I believe they they donate a dollar from every everyone to service people. Yeah, to um to the charity. I see it on the side of the box here is to Folds of Honor, which I think has to deal with military scholarships for spouses and children. Oh, okay. So that's good. Spouses of our fallen and disabled service members. Oh, so okay. that's a good that's a great charity. Yeah, that's a great charity. So I will gladly pay 250 more. Yeah. For a mediocre beer. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't rated it yet. Yeah, right. uh, uh, might be great. It, it could be wonderful. Um yeah, well, I guess you know, there's only one way to uh, find out about this, and that is to open them and drink them. Yep, twist top, Brian. It's uh, oh, yeah. I like the shape of these bottles. I do. It's, it's like kind the, of a stubby shape. The red know? stripe kind of. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> I actually like that a lot. That's kind of not bad. <laughs> 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 kind of surprised. Wow. 
Holy cow! It's pretty. It's pretty good, actually. Wow! It's not really bad. I, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of surprised by that. Um, okay, I wasn't expecting that. That's, that tastes pretty good. Hmm. Okay, Glenn. Well, you said that the price was. Um, oh. Eight forty-nine. Eight forty-nine. Alcohol by volume looks like it's five point four percent. I don't believe we have an IBU rating on this. Uh, alcohol by volume five point four. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the IBUs. I'm gonna let guess. Me, hang on. Let me. Oh, you got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it's probably about an 18, mm-hmm. 16 to 18, maybe 16 and a half. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. I don't know if they had hops back then um, in New I England. I don't know. They, they might have used something else. I'm not sure. Okay, Glenn. Well, we know all the facts about the beer. We know it tastes pretty good. I think we both are agreeing about that. Uh, Gosh. If you had to put a just a random rating on on this beer that doesn't matter at all because we have a perfect infallible computer to rate the beer for us tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you wanted to just add your rating to it just arbitrarily, then what what would it be? On a scale of one point ten or one to ten? Yeah, one point ten. Um, I I am pleasantly surprised by this. Um, Me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven point eight. I'm gonna go eight zero. Okay, I I like this quite a bit. I mean, it is a little higher priced, but uh, yeah, this is if it was if it was seven fifty. Yep, I would feel pretty good about this. Yeah, I, if it was some other brewery, I'd be all over it. It's tough to get past the Budweiser exactly. side of things, you know. Um, I did see that they also have a reserve edition that is mm. a 1933 amber, and it's supposed to commemorate the uh, ending of prohibition in the country. Oh. Maybe, so that might uh, be worth checking out. Let's maybe pop. next podcast, Brian. We, mm-hmm. we we already got a lineup here. Okay, well, uh, that means it's time to let the MTS computer weigh on this. And the MTS computer is a artificial intelligence uh, blockchain uh, <laughs> machine learning <laughs> algorithmic-based right. computer. With an abacus. That takes video of us, yes. recognizes <laughs> our expression, and then computes... <laughs> Computes and it's an infallible scientific empirical rating for beers, surprisingly. Um, I can't go into all the details, obviously, because it's a proprietary patent pending technology. But the point is, the MTS computer is going to tell us exactly what the rating of this beer should be. Uh, but we, first, we have to type some facts into it because it can't go into things blind. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, so, anyway, we said that the price is $8.49. Mm-hmm. Um, we said the alcohol by volume was 8.4. No, 5.4. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Scotch ale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the wee heavy. 5.4%. And then we said also that the IBUs were 16.5, maybe 16.6. Something around there. Yeah. Between just, 5 and 6. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, we uh, just have to give it a sec here, and it will uh, output a report, which I will summarize in an NPS scale... Um, Rating. This is this is really good. This is pretty good. I'm I'm very smooth. It's very smooth. It's Enjoyable. good summer beer. It's mm. a good summer beer. That's right. All right, let me get this report and we'll see what's what. Tasty as computer thinks. It's got notes of freedom, freedom, and uh, wooden teeth, wooden teeth, and syphilis. What are those? <laughs> What are those uh, hair things? The, the, wigs, the, the, the powdered what? wigs. Powder wigs. There the, we go. Yeah. Taste, yeah the, the subtle notes of powder wigs. Powder in there. Yeah. Like a little extra powder from the wig. Okay. Uh, then, well, I do have this report from the MPS computer. Lots of history about George Washington in this. Mm-hmm. I can see uh, Mount Vernon, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the background of his military service. All the, you know, all this right. stuff. Unfortunately, I would like to read this entire report. Uh, during this podcast, but it would take me six or seven hours, so we're going to have to just use the uh, the score. The, yeah, we'll have to suffice. Yeah, this is the problem with the MTS, right? I know. Like we just very long winded. Well, uh, so anyway, Glenn, but uh, the MTS computer weighs in and it says it's a seven point nine. That's a good rating. That's, That's pretty a good. Solid rating, especially solid. for Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think have we we've rated maybe a long, 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 long time ago Budweiser proper. I believe so. Yes, and I uh, would wager that it did not receive as high of billing. Uh, well, Glenn, that's neither here nor there. I think it was before we had the... The, the MTS computer? Yeah. It was under construction for several years. <laughs> you don't build something like that overnight. We had yeah. a team. Like yeah, the, the Turing machine. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, Glenn. Uh, okay, so uh, so 7.9. Not, not bad, not bad. That's solid. I think George Washington would be proud. 
He should. Yeah, he should be proud. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, did you happen to catch what Beer Snobs have to say about this beer? Our good friends over at BeerSnob.com always uh, have a point-counterpoint to the MTS. They do, Brian. And I got to tell you, okay, they gave it a 6.9. Wow, not good. Not good. They failed us again. Well. 65 ratings, and the the official rating is, quote, okay. Well, that's... uh, what to expect? Who's running this Banana Republic? I don't know, Glenn. Well, anyway, Glenn, uh, let's move on to some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Okay. Um, batting lead off. Uh, straight out of the dugout is Do Tattoo. Do Tattoo, longtime member, uh, great contributor, mm-hmm. all around good guy. And he posted this awesome tack uh, that caught my eye. Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter to reprise roles in third. Bill and Ted film. Now, I actually did some research on this. Mm-hmm. Um, hardcore. Uh, I was on the plane <laughs> back from Key West, and uh, I found that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was on Amazon Prime. So, quick thinking. Yep. Well, I was at the hotel. I downloaded it. Nice. And then got on the plane and watched it. Okay. So, you took some notes. And I have to say, uh, it holds up pretty well. The first one? The first one. Okay. What about the second one? I didn't get a chance to watch that one. Okay. How long has it been since you watched the second one? Many years. Yeah. I've watched it in the theater. last decade, <laughs> and I feel like it didn't hold up as oh, well really? as the first. But it's I still, could see that it's still a still good that. sequel. I could see that I could see that. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I back in the day, I thought it was not too bad. You know, Lynn and I, I was nine yeah. years old. But <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, Lynn and I like we have these. You know, we, we, a song will will come across that like. Mm-hmm. From 15 years ago or something that you know when we first met, mm-hmm. and uh, not quite that long ago. Like but God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite, not quite like that, Brian. But uh, yeah. So, so, and 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 anyway, it's interesting how at the time you think how how could that song is is there a better song in the entire universe? Mm-mm. And then 15 years later, you you find out that yes, there are many, <laughs> many, many, many songs. Right. Right. Um. And I don't feel like that happened with Bill and Ted. Okay, I still feel like it holds up pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill and Ted excellent. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I can absolutely categorically say holds up great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that not only are Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter going to be in this film, <laughs> they also have the original two screenwriters showing back up to write the script. Uh, the good news is that they wrote Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The bad news is they wrote Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey as well. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst. Uh, so I don't know what that exact, <coughs> I don't exactly know what that means. Um, but Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon were the, the two original guys that wrote the first one. So Brian, all I had to read was that Steven Soderbergh's going to be directing it, and which is fine by me because Ocean's Eleven. Ever heard of that movie, Brian? Steven Soderbergh isn't mentioned in this. Uh, or, uh, what? He's an d- executive producing. Oh. What, um, no, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Dean Parasot will direct, period. Steven Soderbergh is... All, all I had to hear here was Steve Parasot. Dean. Dean Parasot <laughs> is, is on board. Uh, director of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Uh, excellent uh, excellent most non-triumphant um anyway glenn so but we can look forward to this uh it's in production right now i think they've been teasing this for years so who knows how long it's going to take or if it'll actually even come out sometimes these things get killed i don't know um maybe they'll get lost in a uh a phone booth in time (laughs) well here's to hoping that the script doesn't yeah well, Brian, that was that was fantastic. Uh, so anyway, thanks uh, to Tattoo for posting that. I look forward to going and see the third Bill and Ted's film in the theaters in the VIP section. May 2019. Okay, so get your tickets now. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. <clears throat> All right. Well, Brian, the next t- the next hack is uh, slightly more sobering. Um, so take it take a drink of that right there, yeah. and then I will tell you what it is. It's titled. Oh, and our our good buddy Jordan posted this. Mm-hmm. Jordan has been posting amazing. 
things to gentlemen for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And this one's no different. It's not a good, it's not a feel good story, but it's something that we need to know. It's a cautionary tale. Thought provoking. <clears throat> and it's titled Online Matchup Leads to 65,000 Text Messages. And this is a story of, uh, of woe. <laughs> um, so. As in, I kept saying, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I read this. So click over to the article, and it's a Washington Post uh, article. And and I'm going to link it up on uh, podcast.gentleman.com if this piques your interest. It does. Um, The thing you'll notice right away is that the lady in question, this lady um, went on an online dating website, and she described as the, um, the shallowest of the shallow, the most shallow one ever, and it's called Lux. Luxy. I never heard. It's of it. a dating site for verified millionaires. Oh, maybe I should go on there. So then. apparently, she is a verified millionaire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, it's basically like the Lonely Hearts uh, column. Uh, but you know that you know the story. You find the one. You find the one, Brian. Mm-hmm. And you're giddy, and you go on a, a date with this person. Yes. And you exchange phone numbers. Yep. Uh, maybe house keys. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know how this all worked, but um, in, in span of a little over a year, she sent uh, her her lover sixty five thousand text messages mm. um, about about her feelings, her amorous feelings towards him. They just kind of poured out of her. Yes. Uh, let me let me uh, give you some of the the highlights here. <clears throat> um, so so sometimes she would hit about five hundred a day. Text messages, which is you know pretty you know young love, right? You could say that's Puppy excessive. Love. It is a little excessive by yeah. the eyes of the law. Yeah. Um, here's one. Oh, what I would do with your blood? Exclamation <laughs> point. I'd want to bathe in it. Um, I don't see the problem with that. She loves the guy. Yeah. Uh, Have you never heard that from somebody that's in love with you, Glenn? Gosh. <laughs> um, I haven't. I haven't heard that one. Uh, don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you. I don't want to be a murderer. <laughs> I, ooh, I shouldn't I, laugh at this. This is really pretty messed up. I, I'm not going to read the next one. I almost started reading it. It's uh, anti-Semitic. It's very awful, actually. Yeah, uh, can't should, can't no. read that one. Here's a good one. I'd wear your fascia on in the top of your skull in your hands and feet. I don't even know what that is. Yes, really sure. Fascia is, the, is like uh, your, underneath your skin. Okay. It's like the stretchy... Hmm. Yeah, so it's very... Uh, what, very what's Silence Buffalo, of the Lambs. Yeah, what's Buffalo Bob? Isn't he the yeah. one that puts a lotion? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs-ish. There. Um, anyway, if you watch the video, this lady... First of all, this lady has crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I mean, she... I, I'm weirded out. I'm going to have to scroll up here because they're penetrating me mm-hmm. uh, into my, my soul. But, um, yeah, Brian, this is, a, this is a, you know just a normal... Normal. Uh, well, let's talk about the se- sequence of events. Sorry, so I they, left a lot out. They went on a date. Yeah, and then sometime later, this guy lives in Phoenix, and I don't think this took place in Phoenix. Where did this take place at? Florida, right? Um, or, well, she was tried in Phoenix. Okay. Well, anyway, the but point I thought is, she drove. Guy lives in Phoenix, and he leaves town to go out of town for business. He's a millionaire. What are you going to do? You got to go out of town, right? Um, but he had security cameras up at his house, right? And uh, it turned out that she was taking a bath in his in his bathroom. Yeah. And uh, so he saw this, and he called the police because he knew she was a little crazy. And all of a sudden, she was in his house. She's not supposed to be. And so the police show up. They arrest her, trespassing. And they find a butcher knife along with her there in the car. What's, what's wrong with that? And I believe she did travel across country yeah. to go Take to this shower. guy's house. Yeah. Um, and so then she got out, you know, for the trespassing and everything like that, and the butcher knife and yeah. all that. And uh, then she started the disturbing text messages we described. And uh, that was enough to uh, to have the guy call the police a second time. And that's why she is currently uh, in jail for, uh, the, the, for basically threatening to kill him uh, in the text messages. And she, she claims that she thinks that she's in love with him. And this doesn't seem excessive. Love is excessive, she says. Yeah. Um, can you love too much, Brian? <laughs> one. Well, this makes me wonder if you do. Can you I, love too hard? If that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, um, there's some 
There's some interesting text messages in here. I'm, I'm, I, uh, and you have to wonder if there's 65,000 of these, what else, what else, what else didn't make the threshold of, <laughs> I can't write that. Can't write. Oh no, yeah. can't write that. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she, she has a couple screws loose. You can, if you watch the video, you'll see those screws coming loose as mm-hmm. you watch the video. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, I mean, she has mental health issues. I guess I should make fun of her. She, I'm not. Uh, I don't think she's been diagnosed with anything, but it's it sure it sure seems like uh, she has some issues. The going. pattern of behavior is not normal, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so well, hopefully she gets some counseling or whatever help she needs to right. to move past this. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, kind of a frightening uh, story about. You know, you never. I mean, you never know who you're going to meet on some of these dating sites. You know. I really hope she had like a uh, a full data plan. Because if she yeah. had like the pay as you go, I know, Whew. or like the hard limit of fifteen hundred text yeah, messages. Yeah, she <laughs> she really went over she that. She is, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, hopefully everything turns out for both. Five hundred a day will get you past that. You'll fly by that fifteen hundred yeah, a month. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, this next post is uh, was posted uh, by our good friend Zombie Cat Bacon, uh, who posts all kinds of uh, great stuff. And the thing I love about Zombie is that he, sorry, I didn't mean to butt in there, Brian, but I, I just wanted to say, the thing I love about Zombie Cat Bacon mm-hmm. is that he goes out of his way to post the odd. Yeah, odd th- stuff. Th- stuff that you're just not going to stumble across on your own. Yep, that's true. And this is definitely one of those things. This is a uh, article uh, from GQ, and it's called The Chip Buddy is the Deranged Nonsensical Sandwich of My Dreams. And uh, look, th- this guy has this really well-written... <laughs> well uh describing article but it really only says one thing right there's a sandwich in england england called the chip buddy and it's basically a french fries on buttered white bread I'm i had in. no idea this existed I i'm didn't. in i i i i'm into this the the part about this article that made me question this guy's judgment a little bit is that he said when he read about it he freaked out about it and he wanted to go make it himself make a version of it himself right so he said he went to the store and he got some red potatoes. He cut them up into fry shapes, what? and he put them in the oven. Oh, wait, what? And then he put them on bread. And he's like, "This isn't good." I think he put parsley on it or something. And I'm like, Foodie. "Wait, wait a second. That's not how you make fries." So then he said he tried it again, yep. and the second time is not the charm because he said <laughs> he went to Safeway and he bought some standard <laughs> fries that you bake Four in the items. oven. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and he baked them. Again, and then tried to put him on toast, and he said it tasted pretty good. It's like, wait a minute, dude. All you got to do, put skillet, vegetable oil, right? cut up some Idaho potatoes, and you're golden. They're not French baked, son. No. They're French fries. Yeah. So, anyway, I asked, I, I guess he's a writer for GQ, so no. you can't really, you know. He talks a lot about how he watched a Gordon Ramsay video, and... It's an elevated chip buddy, and I, I didn't watch Gordon Ramsay video, but I can only imagine it's you know got some extra things on there. Yeah. Later in the article, he talks about how the chip buddy—it's literally there's butter. That's like the only condiment is mm-hmm. butter between the bread. Yep. Or maybe you bake the or you. No, I think it's it's just between the bread. You yeah. slather the butter on there, uh-huh. and so it's fries. Uh-huh. But some people, the very one very or there's two variations. You can add vinegar, like fish and chips vinegar, you know, oh, yeah. which I would do malt vinegar. Or ketchup, which you will not do, Brian. I would do. I do fries. Ketchup is. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's not on a burger. It's uh, it's the one exception. What about mustard on the chip, buddy? I would be okay with that. That wouldn't be bad, right? No, I would like that quite a bit. (laughs) Um, But anyway, it's a he's a whole story about this. But I'm the point is, I'm glad that the chip buddy exists, and I know about it now because. I didn't know about this before. No. And now when I'm in England and they have all those weird things on the menu and I see Chip Buddy on there, I'm like, yeah, give me the French fry sandwich. Sounds great. <laughs> give me the Freedom uh, Fry sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Make sure they're fried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you what, man. England's got some weird food. Yep. But it is really good. It's like It's like stuff that people are like, well, you know what? I don't know if I should make this, but this is all I got, so I'm just gonna right. I'm just gonna fry it up and see what happens. It's like they had something in the back of their ice box, yeah, 
and something else in their in one of their drawers in the refrigerator, and they're yeah. just like, "Yep, this is uh, English breakfast." Beans and toast. There <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Can of beans. Yeah, this will work out fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. Yeah, I, if I ever find myself in England, it's it's going to be a must uh, must must eat for sure. If you if you do find yourself there, it's because I'm right next to you, right? And we're both eating one of these. Oh man, I would do that in a minute. Yep. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, we'll we'll look into that. Maybe uh, maybe summer vacation to England to try the trip, buddy. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the toast this week. Oh boy. And uh, we talked about a few different people, and there's only one person. That fits the bill for a toast this week. And his name you may not know. His reputation you may not know. His. <laughs> you may not know anything about this guy. <laughs> his name is Sheehan Zinger. And uh, that's a the name. Uh, he is the former, now former athletic director at Kansas University. Um, he got let go a couple days ago after a seven year tumultuous career. Uh, or, or stay at KU, mm-hmm. and uh, Glenn's probably happy about this. I have mixed emotions. Right? Mixed emotions. I'll I'm, explain them later. I'm gutted about this. I'm absolutely gutted. I think he should have had a lifetime contract myself. <laughs> now, Brian, would you let's unpack that a little bit more? Brian is a lifelong K State fan, right? And <clears throat> there's no correlation here, but if you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. Doctor Z was in office. Uh, as AD, um, about the same time that K-State um, started uh, destroying KU soundly and regularly every year. Um, in football, at least. In football, yeah. But And coincidentally, Sheehan's a former K-State guy. Mm, from plot thickens. He's got his under, he's undergrad from K-State, maybe? He was a... He played football at... Under Snyder, I think, or he he worked in the athletic department under Snyder. Yeah, he worked in the athletic department. I don't yeah, know where something. he played football, but it, it, he worked yeah. in the athletic department there. Well, there's some ties there. Mm-hmm. The ties that bind. Kansas guy. Mm-hmm. Brian, I am. I. It's a dark day. It's a sad day. It is a sad day. But you know what, Brian? Sometimes the darkest night. It's the always, dawn. it's yeah. The, the dawn is coming. <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah. It's it sometimes it's got to get worse before it gets better. That's true. It's true. And right now it really, I don't know if it can get worse. So I'm I'm thinking it's going to get better. Yeah. Right. Right. Should should. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. He. Yeah. It's an interesting interesting time. He he somehow he somehow uh, managed to hire two football coaches. That have not panned out, um, if, at least by record. Yeah. Um, which is, at the end of the day, what success is measured by in collegiate athletics. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll two, see. Two coaches? Just two? Well, it was technically three. That's right. Because he hired an interim. Interim. But uh, that Clint Bowen. Uh, oh, that's right. He out. didn't get Turner Gill. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. Turner Gill was there already. Charlie Weiss. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, no more Sheenzinger. Um, but uh, but seven years of of good service. Seven years of to, good luck to uh, to KU. You got to be a little excited though, at least. I mean, because you know, at least there's a chance that that means you guys are going to get a different football coach and maybe get the right AD in there to do the right stuff. So I actually really like as a person the football coach. I think he's a pretty awesome dude. I'm sure he is. Um, so I will be sad if he loses his job, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's never, fu- it's never right. a good day when somebody loses right. their job, you know. Well, no yeah, yeah, yeah. No well, yeah. yeah, but especially this guy, like yeah. he just, he, he, yeah. So I, I will feel bad. I, 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 I think Sheen was a nice guy. Hey, Brian, our non-revenue sports are like the cream of the crop. <laughs> so all the stuff that doesn't make money is doing great. <laughs> it's doing fantastic. Doing great. So there's a lot of intangibles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a sad day. Well, it's a it's a results based business, you know. It really is. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Also, the scandals. A lot didn't, of scandals didn't really hap- Didn't really help. Yeah, a lot of a lot of scandals swirling around right now. So uh, maybe it's time for a change. Uh, but uh, Mr. Zinger, mm. I barely knew. I can do nothing but cheers you, sir. <laughs> I bet you can, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
I wish he would have had a, K- a press, press conference and ripped off his suit and tie and had a K-State shirt on. <laughs> Seven years! Seven years! Uh, maybe next time. Okay, so, um, Glenn, that means oh. uh, that means it's time for the... Um, Hot and Topic. topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, there has been some interesting... Uh, thing you know, Amazon's known for getting into interesting things, like all over the place, <laughs> yep. all kinds of stuff. This one actually does seem a little frightening. Um, I found this article on Engadget, and I've heard about, I've seen it a couple other places. And basically, the deal is that Amazon has an artificial intelligence-based camera recognition technology that they have an API for, so that uh, people can easily utilize it to identify other individuals basically it means if you have a picture of somebody or a video of somebody uh this artificial intelligence api will tell you if it matches somebody else's picture or video sounds fine right uh except that amazon has been heavily courting uh various law enforcement agencies to utilize this technology in street cameras in body cameras on um police uniforms uh, you know, all over the place in some of these cities. And the idea, and they even market it as being, you know, able to, like, say somebody has a database of mugshots of former people that have been arrested. Uh, this this software will go through and say, yep, this person in this crowd, you know, of a thousand people or whatever, uh, yeah. here's this person in this crowd. Um. So, this all sounded fine, uh, but uh, the ACLU has been looking into this because it sounds a little uh, Fahrenheit 451, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they learned that Amazon actually provided Washington County in Oregon a uh, – they, they had a marketing website where they said that they would provide a, a interaction between their technology and a body camera manufacturer, so for police officers that wear – that's interesting because facial recognition on body cameras is illegal in Oregon. Mm. So uh, they're already basically breaking the law. Ooh. Amazon's response to all this, obviously this rains, uh, brings up a lot of privacy concerns. <clears throat> Amazon said, hey, don't worry about it because we'll suspend use of the API if people are doing things that we don't agree with mm. as Amazon, the company. That's good. They also said, but it has all these good benefits, like right. uh, you know, tracking down kids that are lost. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. That is good. But I mean, also, they identify. They used it to identify guests at the recent royal wedding. <coughs> oh yeah. So there you go. I mean, well, that's good. We give up all our civil liberties, and uh, you know, they they I, they use it to identify guests at the royal well, wedding. Seems like a fair trade. Seems pretty fair. Well, Brian. Um, so since this is a hot button topic, yeah. um, this is people are going to be divided about this. That's I'm true. obviously for this, right? I, I think, can tell that about you. I think, um, and here's here's what I you know it, they're free to make whatever software they want. It's a free country. That's true. And they're country. they're not just mm-hmm. providing it to law agencies; they're providing it to everyone. That's true. Um, it's an API that we could put on gentlemen instead right. of maybe uh, logging in to these the site with an email and a password. You right. could. Maybe hold up your maybe like get close to the the screen, mm-hmm. and then we'll take a picture of you and be like, "Oh, that's Zombie Cat Bacon." Right, and then Zombie Cat Bacon goes right into the site. Yeah, that's true. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm all for this. They're only charging. They're doing the boys in blue a solid. All right, they, yeah, they really six are. Six to twelve dollars a month. That's yeah, total. All they pay. Total twelve dollars uh, a month at most is what they're getting. And and you know what they're doing? They're locking up bad hombres. So. <laughs> I uh, obviously I'm for this. Right, I can um, see that. Yeah, uh-huh. it is interesting because Oregon is such a. Uh, I'm actually going there in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, such a. It's a weird state because half of the state is very conservative and the other half of the state is very liberal. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting how this all plays out anyway. Yeah, there, but uh, yeah, Amazon. It, it, it feels like they're just baiting some administration or some. You know, you know, federal branch to like <laughs> to uh, go after them for you know like monopoly or or yeah they're, they're throwing so many different things against the wall. 
you know, we got drone delivery, we got healthcare, we got, uh, gosh, they power every website on the planet, and you know, mm-hmm. now they're taking people's faces and giving yeah. them to law enforcement agencies. I mean, they're just well, it's not just that. I mean, what it seems like they have if they if they are scanning mug, sh- I mean, mugshots are public already, but I'm saying like if they. I guess they this article uh the New York police uh got caught filming protesters recently. So there would be like a crowd of protesters and they'd be like New York police would be filming all of them to yeah. get their images on camera. Oh. So they'd have them for later. Yeah. Ooh. So uh I you know, I don't know. It, it's a little frightening. Like, this article brings up the implication of the fact that you could um you could film all the protests that go on in a certain area with a camera that's sitting over there and then be like, find all the people that are here at all these protests. Yeah. Or find people randomly who or have been at protests. Go to social media and find out who these people right, are. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's, so, a, great, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, I don't What see, do you think, Brian? I, <laughs> I, you know, I think this could be slightly misused uh, in various ways. Um, how? I, how? How? The idea that I could be walking down the street and a law enforcement officer could easily uh, ascertain who I was, any kind of history I have with anything. Um, it's a little weird. I mean, because, you know, the idea, I mean, uh, the idea being that if you get, if you, like, I've never been arrested for anything in my life, but there are people that get arrested and are innocent. Mm-hmm. And they have a mugshot, you know. Yep. And so now they know who that person is. That they have a history of, you know, being in a police station before. Uh, they know a whole lot more about that person than they would have before. Um, where where does that line stop? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, if you're a, if you're a protester and they can get a hold of what your name is, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. It seems kind of a little, a little frightening that uh, that easy to do for twelve dollars a month. Because um, I guarantee you, if we were trying to access the API for their recognition stuff, it wouldn't right. be uh, twelve dollars a month. Right. I think Amazon. What Amazon gets out of this is that they get exposed to a whole lot more faces, so that the software gets better. Yeah, from a specific region and area. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is, you know, if they want to. You know, start up their own vigilante, like Dog the Bounty Hunter or something like that, and go after people. And <laughs> mm-hmm. the, that's actually good business for them to get into. Yeah, I mean, I think the the main the main thing is just that, like, you know, uh, being able to identify people and harass them. If you know, it's not like it's never happened in this country before, where police officers have um, there have been some rogue police officers that haven't done the right thing. Right, you know what I mean. Right. Most police officers, I think, are are basically good. You sure, know? but then there's you know, I mean, in any group of people, there's going to be a certain percentage of bad actors. You right. know what I mean? Right. And uh, I don't know, so it's a little frightening. Be a tough job to have. It would be. It would be a tough. Gotta job be to suspicious have. of everybody all the time. Yeah, that would be tough. It. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's no. There's absolutely no laws about any of this stuff at all. There's no yep. regulations. There's no oversight at all about any of these things. Well, the interesting thing, Brian, about the article that you linked up here is it's Washington Post, and Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, mm-hmm. owns Washington Post. So, oh yeah, and they're being mm-hmm. very critical of it. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah, probably we'll doesn't see. care. Well, we'll see. yeah, I, he's <laughs> probably yeah. not on his radar. Yeah, probably not because he's got about a billion other things going on. But uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. It's kind of kind of frightening. It's very it, like I said, it reminds me of some kind of futuristic. Um, what's that Tom Hanks movie where they like uh, track down people or not Tom Hanks uh, Tom Cruise movie oh um, I Robot no no Minority Report Minority Report that's what it reminds crimes me crimes before they happen yeah just like yeah. they've got video cameras everywhere they can track down anyone I guess though who are we kidding like the government probably has something like this going on right <sighs> yeah they probably use the MTS they probably for... use uh, Microsoft Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> mistake me for you yeah uh, yeah well we'll see what happens here glenn i don't know i don't know it's a weird world it is a weird world i don't i don't like i hear that facebook's getting possibly get into blockchain technologies i hear that uh 
you know, Amazon. So, well, the other thing too, not to not to beat up on Facebook too much, which we do all the time mm-hmm. for good reason. Uh, and we were right. And we were, we right, were right. To, <laughs> right to beat up on Facebook. Let the record show. <laughs> exactly, Your Honor. <laughs> I like to call Exhibit Two Forty Three A. Yeah. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, um, there was a thing about face like Facebook has better face facial recognition than the FBI. Mm-hmm. And they were, I can't, I can't remember if they were helping the FBI or if the FBI, I think it was just like, they they kind of gave up and just let private companies figure it out and then they, they outsource it, which makes sense actually because, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I think the thing with, <laughs> I think the thing with Facebook is that you've got to, I mean, or with, with AIs, you got to feed it a ton of yep. information. And so, got to learn. Uh, Facebook has a lot of images, yep. a lot of people tagged in those images. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they can easily train uh, artificial intelligence to uh, do a much better job than the FBI would because they don't have a source of data like that, you know. Right. Um, and you know that's what Alexa is all about. Is there? It's always listening, always you know, yeah, getting better at at doing stuff. And what was surprising about that was like the first three months I had Alexa, I got it was like one of the first ones, and how much better it got in the first three months just because it was like always listening. You know what I mean? I, I've not made the plunge into the smart home. Yeah, well, I can't a, do it. A, yeah, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough call for sure. But um, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, I guess uh, we'll find out what happens, Glenn. Either freedom and uh, freedom and the right side will win, or, or capitalism can- <laughs> in America <laughs> will win. So okay, well we'll just see. We'll have to see what happens there. All right. Well, uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, final segment, which is the questions from the general mailbag, Glenn. And you know how we were talking about earlier that uh, we're, we're sipping some of uh, kind of a faux George Washington kind of deal uh, with this Budweiser beer that we're having. Uh, if you, if there was one other historical figure that the, you think they should get a hold of their beer recipe, who do you think it is? Well, Brian, and make it and remake it so that we can try it. Right, 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 right. I don't know if this person had a beer recipe. Let's just say they did. I'm going to say they did, and it's Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I would imagine he had a beer recipe. I'm sure at some point he was like, you know what? Yeah. Damn it, <laughs> let's make beer. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a more lore than anything. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would imagine the beer is very stout and yeah. uh, hard to drink. <laughs> it's like drinking in one gulp, and you throw the bottle against the yeah. wall, and you go fight somebody. Yeah, that's basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, I have two. I had two people that jumped in my okay. mind, and the first person I don't know for sure would have ever had a made a brew. Okay. Okay. Second person definitely did, and I'm going to get into both of them. First one I was going to say was Ozzy Osbourne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they did make it. Uh, no, oh, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. That's Maiden's Iron Maiden. We, Iron Maiden. We, we rated in the reason why I say Ozzy Osbourne, and maybe it would be like a whiskey, maybe like a distilled spirit or something. Because I don't know if he was ever a beer drinker. Seems like if he was, everything else pretty hard. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, Ozzy's one of those guys. He's kind of multi-discipline. You know, he's got a lot going on. He's got discipline. the yeah. Uh, he's got the the music. Yep. He's got the concerts. The he's kids. got the television show. Yeah. He's got the travel. He's got the historical travel that he does with Jack. He's got the reality TV show with his fan. Or he used to have a fan reality TV show. Anyway, the point is, like, I feel like drinking an Ozzy Osbourne beer, if it was really his recipe that he refined and he was like a real good brewmaster. <laughs> or his whiskey. And- or his whiskey. Yeah. Might be good. But the other person I was thinking of was Thomas Jefferson. Oh, uh, yeah. And the reason why I was thinking about that was because me and Laura went to. Monticello uh, over Christmas. Nice. Christmas time. It was after Christmas. And uh, one of the things I remember about it was that he, every meal had beer and wine with it. Like he would host people and have dinners and they would have beer and wine. And it would always be, of course, stuff that they made at his house. Yeah. And apparently the beer that he made was not very good. And then (laughs) somebody came to stay with him and tasted his beer and he was like, no. <laughs> Tommy. No. Tommy. So he, this guy that was staying with him, uh, taught somebody that worked at the, his, 
his property how to make this, how to refine the beer and make it much better. Hmm. And so I, th- I want to say Thomas Jefferson had this guy stay around for a month or something and teach him how to how to do it. And then once he once somebody that worked there knew how to do it, um, that was the beer that they always had at the place, you know, and it was much improved. Um, so I was just I read that and I was like, hmm, I'm curious. I wonder what that would, you know, probably tastes terrible now, but you know, it sounded kind of interesting. Um, and uh, they they'd make their own beer and wine and have that available for guests and stuff huh. like that. So. I thought he had a distillery. Thomas Jefferson? Uh, I didn't see one there. There was something about him having, like, his own spirits or something. Like I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely mentioned the beer and the wine. Because um, hmm. they'd have bottles that they'd roll up through the floor up into the dining room. And, like, a dumbwaiter thing. And they would just, like, be, <laughs> yeah, sending stuff up. Nice. You know? Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I'd be interested to see what that tasted like. Uh I don't know what kind of beer it was, but uh, supposedly it was uh, dramatically improved by a, a visitor that came and stayed with him. So, <laughs> I, w- I was going to the other one I was going to say was uh, Sam Adams because that'd be funny because there's Maltster. Sam Adams Brewery, yeah, and then yeah, he's a well-known maltster. Yes, maltster, maltster, maltster. Herman Maltster, <laughs> uh, which goes back to general podcast number three, I believe. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so there's soju, there's... Yeah. No. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, okay. There you go. Uh, get TJ on my uh, my beer. Yes. And see what that tastes like. That's what all these historical figures should have really narrowed this stuff down. Yeah. And so then we could enjoy a Thomas Jefferson beer. I mean, we're doing our part. Yeah. Right? We're, we're drinking. <laughs> we're drinking it. And <laughs> that's half the battle. Right. And the computer that we built right. is, is rating it. Is rating it. That's our gift to mankind. That's right. Well anyway, Glenn. We're humble guys. We don't need to you know. I mean we're not like George Washington, but Right. You know. More like Bill and Ted. Yeah. Well that's yeah. Bill uh, and Ted three. Yeah. <laughs> On a bogus journey. <laughs> and speaking of bonus journeys this one is over uh, podcast number 137 uh, thanks everybody for listening uh, we're going to do episode number 138 in Oof. two weeks so look for that uh, thanks everybody for stopping by and listening to us rant for an hour uh, I'm Brian McKinney I'm Glenn Sansbury. see you guys in two weeks for episode number 38 stay thirsty my friends <laughs>